Pit Guys. This week's episode is brought to you by Colorado Land Tire and Service. Okay. All right, here we are. Yes, uh, sorry folks, we took the last two weeks off. We had sickness and we had race cars. Which is a sickness in of yes. itself. One was we were physically ill, the next week we were mentally ill, but we're back this week, super pumped. This might be one of the greatest episodes we've ever had. Who do we got on the on with us? Well, right now, we have the Grizz and Aaron from Yellowstone. They're going to open the show with us this week. Super cool. Hey, guys. How's it going? We have had people all week request that we do a good episode this week because they're all (laughs) driving to the race next week. Oh, yeah. And they need something to listen to. So we figured, why not get you guys? Sweet. Sweet. We're really looking forward to seeing you guys. Well, I don't know. You, we've had you guys on the show before. Folks, yep. can go back and listen to that episode. We don't need to rehash all that. But what would your official title for this next race be? Are you the host of the race? Um, Yeah, well, promoter for the your side and host of the race. Yeah, that's about the best way to put it. So um, everybody's joining us. This is... Our main track, probably one of your guys' favorite tracks of ours. Yes, it's true. And uh, so we got the track all set up and we're setting everything up, getting everything ready for everybody. So it's a it's a combined race, correct? Yes. True. So we're running our normal guys. The Yellowstone off-road racing guys. Our Yellowstone off-road racing guys, and which some of those guys also so run the Alter Four. So, mm-hmm. and then Alter Four is running their guys. So it'll be together at the same time. So there'll be a lot of inner intermingling of classes. So it'll be a be pretty interesting. There's going to be a lot of classes out there. So and a lot of racers so far on reg- have registered. So mm-hmm. it's looking good. So, yeah, Rush, uh, Kentucky, a few weeks ago, had a record-breaking number of entries. I think they said over 100 cars. Yep. And the uh, message we got from Alan at Ultra 4 this week was, we have already surpassed previous numbers for the Big Sky 200. Yes. And he's trying to pump this up to get 100 cars. Well, we'll tell you right now. Um, but combined with us and them, we're roughly at 120 cars, and we still have, yeah, Dude, and we still so don't have our our regular racers have not even entered yet. Some of our, our guys, I don't know what their deal is. They're race car drivers. Last minute, that's oh, what their deal I almost, is. I almost was gonna post something because our stock class was bigger than our UTV class like two days ago. Really? Whoa! And I'm like, this is not normal, actually. Like, where where are the UTV guys? Because we have a bunch of them, yeah. and I know they're coming. I'm seeing all of them building cars on Facebook. So, like, what are you guys doing with your paperwork? And for me, you know, I I'm trying to get all the information so that Miles and Pam have stuff to talk about for our mm-hmm. guys because they don't know them. I mean, mm-hmm. they know a lot of, they know most of the UTV or all the Ultra Four guys. But then when they're announcing for their, our classes are mixed in at the same time for racing, it's going to be hard for them. So I'm trying to get all the people's sponsors and all that stuff together. But my guys, 
you know, they're just they're just not on it, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, we'll take this. So chance. we're just going to let Pam and Miles make stuff up, I think, is probably oh, the best one. Yeah. Uh, we will tell you guys, if you're listening to this, if you're racing there, seriously, all you have to do is message Pam or Miles. Um, Miles is who we usually talk to. Get him your information. He wants right. to know as much as possible. He's a note taker. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear him say the same thing a hundred times. So get him your information so he knows who you are. That's a yeah, I think, awesome I mean, thing I, you get at. I have a I feeling think the Ultra Four guys are doing a better job than my guys, but well, that might I be feeling, I have a feeling uh Tuesday night because their registration and ours both close at midnight Tuesday. Mm. So I have a feeling Tuesday afternoon our emails are on every site is going to jump up dramatically. You Man, know, that's, that's last minute. 120 cars already. Dude, that's so cool. I what is your guys' record for the big sky 200? 87. Wow. Mm. And I'm super excited to see that to hear you guys say stock classes is pretty big. Like, you know, stock class is my favorite class of all of them. There's mm-hmm. uh Zach, I spilled Zach my Dr. Pepper all over my Dr. computer. Pe- Go get a rag. Oh, I'm gonna oh, talk oh. for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love stock class. Someday I'm gonna race stock class. Right now, dumpster fire off-road is building a well, not building built. We built with Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab and then purchased and then rebuilt a UTV, an open class UTV. And tonight. Oh, I've been riding the struggle bus with this stupid thing and got done with work and I'm wrenching on it. And I'm like, why am I working on this? I don't like UTVs. I would rather be uh, building a stock class car, but here I am. UTVs suck to work on. They're fun to drive. I, I think they're, they're so much drive. easier, way easier to work. No, on. they're not. Now you like guys have a Can-Am. That's your problem. That thing's no, a just no. in general. That's why we don't ever work on them. <laughs> i love wrenching on a good polaris i love wrenching on a like an actual American that has space. or or asian i just uh, a nice simple pick them up or in my my opinion suburban is the ultimate vehicle but here i am stuck with the dang you i don't get but whatever it's so. a good class to be in it's a it's a huge growing class, but it is good. But I still love watching our stock guys. Anybody that can sit in a stock vehicle and run 40-mile laps yes, and run several of them and just take the beating that those guys do. Oh, my gosh. Is, so is a whole nother level. Let's talk about the specific Big Sky 200. You said it, one of our favorite freaking races of the year. Now, granted... We have an emotional attachment. Yeah. It was our first, first race. <laughs> it was our first race with the car last year. It's our first race with our car again this year. Like it's always a pivotal mm-hmm. race for us, but it is just, it's different. It's not your typical ultra four course, right? No, no real rocks. Um, you wouldn't believe how many people have messaged me this week. And they were like, we need to know what the rocks look like. <laughs> I, I've been getting the same messages and I'm like, well, as far as I know, there's no rocks. JT is supposed to be here this weekend. And honestly, he's never been to this course. So I guess we'll see when he gets here, what he wants to do. But I'm assuming that with 
a 200 mile race, there's no point in trying to put rocks to also. You it's, and it, you guys enough already. You guys know as well as I know the first time Ultra Four showed up here, we had a what if less than 50% finish rate. Yeah. That race. And that was with no rocks. And yeah. see, this is this is what people don't understand. You get there and you're like, oh, it's oh, it's so open. It's, it's open. Easy. So then you're going mock Jesus, and all of a sudden there's a freaking 90 degree turn. You're like, oh no. And then you roll. It's great. I love it. It's it's the or best. There's... Or those little cow tracks that like yes. yeah. out. Yeah. that happens. The appeal to me is what I mean. Ultra fours, all the races are different, right? King of the Hammers, Crandon. Yeah. You guys, they're all very different courses. And this is not maybe a technical course, but you have to go for four hours and 200 miles. I mean, yeah. that's a long way. It's going to wear your stuff down. Oh, yeah. Oh, it does every time. And I love the, yeah, I love the winning in the first lap for sure. Usually oh, when you... I see them come through and I'm like, oh, he just had the fastest lap. He's gonna break. Yeah. <laughs> I already definitely, know. I already uh, know. Definitely the typical ultra four like race of a trip, just a different kind of race. Yep. I think it's, it's gonna be just... cool this year with uh Ultra Four being there and those guys, those guys have seen it before, but some of we them got, have not. A lot um, of racers that are coming no seen car seen other cars. Oh yeah. And uh um, seeing our trophy trucks and everything else. You guys saw them last year mm -hmm. between the TDK car and the Geyser cars and everything else. I think it's going to, they're going to be shocked at how fast those cars are and, and what they can do. It's going to be a You guys have like, a, your, your series, you have some pretty cool builds out there because you have some different classes. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. There's that yellow, yellow the Chevy maybe? in the Chevy. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know if he, I don't know for sure if he's coming. Oh, I hope I it, it's, guys, it's super cool. It is cool. I want him to come. Uh, I have a couple guys that just built some uh, VW things. Yeah, you race. Got, you've got class. You got 1600 class cars, right? That race in your series. They're actually going to fit. Their suspension fits in our comp mod class. Which Ooh. is like uh, would be like similar to Legends, I guess, for Ultra Four. Their suspension fits in that, but they're going to be in VW things. Which yeah, there was. Cool. Remember, we camped by that guy last year that raced yep. a bug. Yep, he was from the West Coast. Yeah, yep. yep. Scotty. Yep, he built. He took that bug, stripped it, took all the parts off, and built a Volkswagen thing. <laughs> oh, oh. So, yeah, they're gonna be cool. So you got from that and our sixteen hundreds all the way through to her. The trophy trucks and our comps and our stocks and then the UTV classes as usual. And then, of course, still one of my favorite is the youth classes. Mm -hmm. You know, they're so fun to watch those kids. So it'll be good qualifying. You guys know this qualifying track. It's mm. it's four miles, but it's fast. And it's, it's fun. Much. It, it is fun. so fun. Yes. So let's let's address this because these we'll go back to what questions we're getting. Okay. A lot of questions I'm getting are, you know, what kind of track is this? Are there rocks? But how is this place set up, right? And let's be clear: this is not any. This is not in a t town or a city. It's literally a pasture, right? It is. It is a ten thousand acre ranch. Ranch, a ranch, and that is what it is. Um, 
kind of, I wouldn't say in the middle of nowhere, but you're 20 miles from Billings, 25. Uh, the town of Broadview, which is what the address is. Everybody thinks I keep getting the, Can so what hotel is in Broadview? Yeah, there's <laughs> a bar and a post office. That's there's it. a bar and a post office. So, <laughs> so we need to bring our stuff. This bring is dry camping. There's going to be, we'll have fuel. a food truck. Okay. Oh, yeah. Truck out there, but, you know. Um, Outhouses will be there. Yep. But it's dry camping. Um, dry camping. Friday camp. night. Okay, go ahead. We camp on pit road, essentially, right? Yes. So there is that is something I'd like everybody to know is this year on pits with this many people, you're going to get one place per registered vehicle. So you get one spot on pit road. But you guys know right across from pit road there behind the pit, behind where you set your pit up. There's plenty oh, okay. of camping and that whole lower pasture. We mowed all that. Mm. So there's all that. So plenty of room to tight. camp, but pit road vehicles on pit road will be just one per registered vehicle. So if you got four vehicles, you get four spots, so on and so forth. But we're going to. Well, and I'm kind of hoping after like maybe some of the UTV guys that race on Friday can move some stuff out and let a couple of truck guys come in yeah. for, you know, I know it's a pain in the ass to move all your stuff, but I mean, there's, it's so many people and the, it, I mean, it's just, it's going to be, we mowed all the way down around the corner. So we opened up the pits quite a bit. Hmm. We opened up where Aaron did a registration last year. All that's us. all leveled and that's a whole vendor area now. So that's where the semi MAO or Ultra Ford semi will be. Aaron will be there. Friday night, we have a live band playing. Hmm. So we'll have music and a live band Friday night there with the big, huge uh, fire pit. So a lot of good stuff. So the brief schedule is pre-running on Thursday. Yep. Yep. Uh, you guys are pretty lax on time, right? Yeah, oh, for yeah. Thursday. For yeah. Thursday, like you yeah. just pretty you you, as long as you make, as the, long drivers as you drive, make the driver's meeting, yep. like you can start pre-running at whatever time you sign paperwork till driver's meeting time. Once yeah. you've signed all the the, dot, the waivers, then you're legit to go out and play. So pre-running Thursday, Friday is um, qualifying, in the morning. qualifying for everybody. And so then there is one thing with that is UTVs will qualify first. Yep. So I, I did, it's not on there, but um, I do want you, because they race that night. So I yep. want to give you guys as much time after qualifying to go back and tweak on stuff. And I can't and, imagine that we would ever yeah. bring qualifying. No, that <laughs> never happens. <laughs> uh, um, UTV race starts at three. I Is think that right? so. Three or four. I got to try to pull three, up the schedule. Yeah, so three, this is the six hour four. time limit. About getting to race the Big Sky 200 on Friday starting at 3 p.m. There is a good chance a lot of these cars are going to finish at or after sunset. That is correct. pretty close. So with that being said, I've raced this race into in the sunset into dark. We ran a night race yes. here and we started at sunset. It is harder to race into the sunset than you think. With that yeah. shining right in your eye. So that oh, is yeah. I, too much. I could only imagine. Oh, hey. So hey, it'll be our, uh, our driver up there. Hi, Jeff. 
Hello. D- dumpster fire on no roller, not driver. His the roller. <laughs> curse me already. He hasn't. Has he rolled? Yes. Um, well, he tipped it over, and then somebody hit him, and like that, that wasn't his fault. Why are you being so kind all of a sudden? He smells good, man. <laughs> anyway. So yeah. Uh, so then step- we start. Go ahead. We start the race one at a time, so it's all adjusted time, right? Yep. Like just typical. The time yep. cutoff is six hours or seven hours or whatever it is, but it's obviously like you know whoever starts last has that much more time. Basically, is then roll into Saturday, and basically you're going to have two races on Saturday, right? Saturday yes. morning, some classes, yep. and then Saturday afternoon, the big big dogs. Yep, all the big trucks. Yep. And it'll be, and then that's the one thing on Saturday morning, you'll have from 1600s all the way to stock comp 45, 46. Um, oh, that's, yeah, everybody like all in the morning race. So you can have, and so it'll be everybody, but that you guys know that you guys have been there. Once you dump a minute or 30 seconds apart, depending on what I do depending on how many it's hard to catch that person in front of you. It's wide open. So tell us this, this is the other question we're getting track connections. Now, obviously we're a week away. Mm-hmm. We moved, you've so, moved the race from June to May. So we're a month earlier. Are we looking at which the industry? Actually, surprisingly, we moved this race from May to June on purpose because we have had where it's been so muddy you almost can't race. Well, we woke but, up before with snow on the ground. So, <laughs> Well, that's snowing so, here right now. So. so June it was our preference, but it didn't work with Ultra Force schedule, but there's two specific places that are muddy right now. Not I. The 1600s made it through last Saturday when we were driving and their teenage kids driving those, so I mean, it's probably going to be fine. It's supposed to rain like a little bit this weekend, which it dries out really quick out there. But I would, it's supposed to be 80 degrees. It's going to be dusty more Mm -hmm. than likely, which is totally fine because being out there in crappy weather is way worse than being out there when it's warm. So, well, we, before we say that dust is okay, we need to remember and, and remember in our hearts two years ago, poor Robert taylor oh, holding down his canopy and his tent i miss him <laughs> for I hours miss hours yeah. and the cheap, the cheap bastard it was so bad I, that he finally went and rented a hotel room that's how bad it was oh it's Robert awful. taylor does not get hotel rooms i've been i've been watching and it's only supposed the highest wind is 12 miles per hour right now because i you know awesome. it, it happens out there but I think it should be decent. Also, like if people don't know this, there's turn two TVs bringing some people. Hmm. They asked me for a driver's yeah. list, so they've reached out to some of the people already, but they're going to have some camera. Oh, well, Santa. Sorry. <laughs> Live show. Live TV. <laughs> Live show, and we got a dog. I know. A sorry. puppy. Oh. But uh, um, turn two TVs coming with some camera crews to the they're going to be selling footage. They'll be out there. Oh, that's so, cool. So it'll be and there we did make some track changes. I know you guys are going to ask that. And uh, wow. no more going up the ranch road. 
Okay. So I don't know if you guys have been watching. You built we, something there. We did. So you were crossing the ranch road. So you know where you came up the ranch road and made the hard right up the rough section? Mm-hmm. Straight across the road from that, which would be straight north, we dumped, I don't know how many yards of dirt off that end of that. And so now you come across, you make the corner after the hay field and you run straight at a 23% grade uphill to mm. most people have been clearing the road when they've been hitting it. Also, no, not recommended. Not recommended. <laughs> um, but, and then you just go straight across. So we did that for safety reasons. It was really hard for us to watch that road and know what was coming up, you know, which racers as we're trying to get crews out to people back and forth, this really, really makes it way safer for us. So it's, and, it, and it's a change I've wanted to do for years and years. And we finally just bit the bullet and did it. And we're running the same direction we did last year, which you guys know what that means. The big mm. jumps in. Yes. And if That's you a, want to just, so just speed, so, speed fab jump. it's the Rocky Joe, mountain Joe speed and fab that. jump. Joe yes. sponsored it. So. Attaboy, Joe. I know, right? It so. uh, it started as a bump last year, and by the end of the weekend was oh, a proud. glorious launch. Yeah. Uh, Tom Premier. And, so, and it's close went, to, it's really a cool spot because people in the pits can see it. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, it's different when it's all the way out there and you're like, cool, they're 40 miles away from me. I can't see anything. Oh. That jump yeah. is rad every time, so. We would go through the pit and then we'd all run around the corner of the trailer to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because all the camera crews last year asked me, where should we go to start? I said, I'd go to that jump. They're like, out of the gate. I said, none of these guys have enough brains to back off. <laughs> I said, you're going to come around that and remember about the time they're hitting the bottom of that jump that, oh, I should have backed off. And you saw that with uh, Rowdy in that TDK car. Yeah. yeah. Launch that. That was I uh, one of the parts of the track that I really like is if you go over the other side of the like the pit row, there's that cliff, and then you look down, and there's yep. one you go one direction, and then there's like a 90, and you go the other direction. Mm-hmm. It's fun to post up there because you get to watch rollovers right down there, it's great. Yeah, you do. Yes, there's, there's yes. a couple, there's some pretty there's a good couple really good gotchas down there in that little, yes, game. there are. <laughs> So I got to ask you, because you are a king of the hammers finisher, yes. right? Which yep. uh, I don't, we haven't had you on the show since hammers. So congrats. Mm-hmm. But you. uh, now you're in the points running because you finished. Are you racing this weekend? I am not. There mm. is no way for me to run it and do it. The car is there. There is another driver in the car. He's going to drive okay. it. But I will not be racing. That was Fair my enough. that was my uh, debut and retirement race all in one. <laughs> oh yeah, that's I like that. You're smarter than most. Uh, I'm gonna leave while I finished it, and I figured that's good enough for me. Um, no, and I know this track like the back of my hands, and and I just I can't do both. You can't you can't manage and race. I used to. He did actually send me, let me read you this text message. Oh, God, don't read that. No, I am going to read it to all the world. (laughs) At least the 10 or 15 people that listen to this show. (laughs) And I quote. What day was that on? 
I don't know. We text a lot. Apparently. It's race week. <laughs> we have a lot of messages. Uh, talk about something else and I'll oh, find it. So we got the new uphill that, and then you know that new section kind of where the almost a crowns out at the top that you got to go over. Mm-hmm. That's gotten a lot better after they ran it last year because it was new last year. So mm-hmm. that got all burned in. But that's the one mud section that we're worried about. And then the section we call the waterfalls mm-hmm. had water running down it. But like we said, the 1600s made it through. Well, let's put it this way. The teenage girls made it through there. <laughs> My dad in the 1600 bug that he was dry or rail that he was running got stuck. Yeah. So oh. the girls did not let him live that down yet. Yes. Oh, gosh. So this text message I got from Mike on yesterday, he says, I might need to get back in the car now that Kyle is on my turf, LOL. (laughs) And I'm like, nope, obviously, because I need him to work at the race. (laughs) And his next message was, that way he can kick my ass on my own track. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We, uh, We do have some really cool guys coming to race. Yeah, that have, that have never been up there that don't race tons west. of them. Like oh. actually, so many. There's so many people, even people that aren't racing with Ultra Four that are racing with us. There's, I there's uh like a kid that's coming from Washington. He Mike's been helping him fab his car because he's gonna race with hand controls. He was in a dirt bike wreck and he's paralyzed from the waist down. He's gonna race with hand controls at our race. Uh, also aside from Ultra Four and us, um, the Canadian race series that they put on up there, they're counting this as a points race. So some of those guys are coming down. Ooh, a little maple syrup. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, aside from the normal Canadians that come and race with us, there's also the opportunity for them to get points in their series up there if they come to this race. So there will be some other Canadian racers that we might or might not know yet, which is cool. Well, I'm going to speak way out of turn. And I'm going to put this guy on the spot because he messaged me this morning and Uh-oh. he was considering going. So now he's going to have to go. Dwayne Garrison texted me want- and said, hey, I'm coming up from Arkansas, light crew. I need some fuel. And I was like, I know some we'll people. We'll help you. So I was hoping he would come. When guys I like Dwayne start noticing and saying, hey, that looks like a fun race and uh, I'm going to make this work. Uh, that's pretty badass. Now, Dwayne, if you listen to this, I mean, I really hope you're on your way because yep. we're counting. We will, get, we will, help, we will you. help you. We got plenty yeah. of people, and I got and, uh, you guys that'll be there all weekend who can help. That some uh, East Coast guys coming. Aaron Lynch that we race mm-hmm. UTVs with on the East Coast, he's coming out. I mean, it's yeah. There's just been a lot of messages from guys that I wouldn't expect to a West race. Or to a north race like this, so um, right. Paul Wolf. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I just come. I'm. Uh, I, I just Bailey messaged Campbell's Paul coming. a little bit ago. Awesome. I We're think Bailey try Campbell's to, coming. Yeah. We'll talk to Hunter Miller. We'll see what he's got going on. Maybe we'll get Hunter to call. Bailey's Bailey Campbell. Cool. Uh, I, dude, I'm. See, it's good. We're Kyle, talking. Kyle Cheney has signed up. Is he okay? Well, well that's Kyle that I was talking about when we, like, when we talk to Hunter Miller here in a little bit, because that's our guest tonight. We're gonna we're gonna get him Texas, Montana. That's not that far, right? 
I mean, really, it's only if you two zoom days. out on the map, it's not yeah. that hard at all. Yeah. All right. That's our that's our goal for later tonight. We're gonna get those Miller brothers <laughs> signed up for this. I love that Kyle Cheney's coming over to Ultra Four. I do too. That's really bad. And he's I mean, coming to our race. That's who Mike was saying, like, oh, then he can kick my ass on my own track. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So. so similar track to last year, pretty much the same mileage, like maybe a mile less. Not even that. It's like half a mile less. And so that's if just you've had some changes, race so. here last year, it's basically the same exact thing, depending on where we stopped to like make the mile markers. Yep. I think um, we were running, I think the winner of the UTV race ran a 53-minute lap. Yep. Um, Fast. Sure how that compared to the other classes. Uh, no, 55, 55 yeah. was the, was uh, Ryan Roller in the trophy truck. G6 trophy truck. So you can expect just under an hour lap. Everybody's going to run four laps, but the big guys on Saturday afternoon, right, they're running uh -huh. five. Our yeah. stock class guys are going to race two, two, and, and the sixteen hundreds are going to race two. Okay, you know, eighty miles so in a sixteen hundred car is stock a lot. Is three, stock is three yeah. laps. Correction on that. Sorry, stock is three laps. The sixteen hundred is two. UTVs are four. Uh, Friday night will be cool with the UTVs. All the our classes are four laps, except for the forty-four, forty-eight, and pro. I'll run five laps. Yep. Are you excited again now, man? I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting excited because it's kind of like our home track. After we left work tonight and working on that stupid piece of junk UTV, I was like, so I was doing some welding earlier, and there was some fluids on the bottom side of the uh, of the skid plate I was welding on, and they were smoking pretty good. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, please catch on fire. Please just burn. I'm so <laughs> sick of this hunk of junk i was so literally i was so sick of it. i'm like i i hate this car and now i now i don't feel that way right fire, now it probably would have caught on fire but since it's dumpster fire it takes a lot more to catch on fire than as that. long as you recorded it for doing stuff with hopper uh no yeah. i would uh, all right well we gotta wrap up because yeah. we got hunter yep. miller calling yep. in a little bit thanks for coming on tonight and uh hyping up the race we can't wait thanks for having us man i am I am pumped. Our families are coming to this one. Yes, yep. This Fun. is a big one for all of us. My my girls are stoked to uh, go find rattlesnakes. They're excited. Ooh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, like, and there's people that want to see them. <laughs> no, yeah. thanks. I don't need to. Ah, whatever. Get <laughs> over it. All right. Well, well like thanks, I said, thanks again. Um, we're going to hang up with. We're going to hang up with you guys real quick and, uh, and, and we'll hear a word from our sponsor this week and we'll, uh, we'll call up Hunter Millery. All right, dudes and dudettes. We're excited to announce that the pit guys will be doing their first ever social media giveaway contest. That's right. We've teamed up with our friends at North Lights to give away a set of their new 3-inch Cube Pod lights. Here's how to enter. First, go like and follow The Pit Guys and North Lights on Facebook and Instagram. Next, comment on our post featuring our North Lights giveaway 
by showing us a picture of your rig. UTV, truck, trailer, or race car. We love them all. North Lights is based out of Austin, Texas, and it's made up of off-roaders, campers, and all adventurers. Their LED light bars, light pods, and rock light kits give you the highest quality light without breaking the bank. We are proud to call North Lights a partner of the Pit Gas. We run their lights not only on our personal rigs, but also on our dumpster fire off-road Ultra 4 race car. Go check them out at northlights.com. And remember, for your chance to win a set of North 3-inch Cube Pod lights, go like and follow The Pit Guys and North Lights on Facebook and Instagram. And then comment and post a picture of your rig. We will announce the winner on our social media channels and our podcast the last week of May in 2023. Thanks for listening, and now let's get back to the show. All right, we are back for tonight's uh, guest segment. I don't know. We don't have a real name for this. That was awesome. That was to Aaron and Grizz tonight. Sure was. That was a little therapy for you. You're feeling mm-hmm. better I'm now. Feeling better. Feeling not as grouchy as I was before. Yeah. It's going to be sick. I'm so excited. So excited. I love Montana. It's such a cool place. So uh, let's get to it. We got Hunter Miller here tonight. Hunter, what's up, man? What's happening, guys? What's happening, guys? How you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing great. Hopper's doing better. We're doing better. You know, if if it it's been snowing, so that's kind of a Debbie Downer. That's annoying, but you know what? We're gonna it's summer somewhere, so we just think about that. You can come to Texas. Uh, you don't want to be down there for summer. <laughs> we uh, so I mentioned to somebody that we were having you on, and uh, they were like, "Man." You sure do love these Can-Am guys because <laughs> we've had a lot of you guys on. And I tried to tell them, like, I don't I'm a Polaris guy. I don't, I'm not even a Can-Am guy. It's just kind of like the fast guys ha- seem to be in pants, right? I hate to say that, but and I don't even like UTVs. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I take so, offense. Uh, don't don't feel bad because a dumpster <laughs> fire off road. My our team, we have. We're a UTV team, and the team I got my start on, Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab, who we still hang out with and help, that's also a UTV team. So it's weird. Who knew? You just hate, just hate your heritage, don't you? That's, I guess that's what it is. So uh, <laughs> folks listening, because we do have a few of those stragglers, uh, Hunter Miller, you are a Can-Am UTV racer. You race all kinds of series. Um, but you are a, you are a UTV guy, which I can appreciate. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. We, uh, we make our rounds around the country. Um, we grew up racing motocross on quads. I started when I was six years old, 37 now. So been around the block a minute. Um, yeah, we, we started in motocross, moved across country. When we got into side-by-sides, we primarily started uh racing cross country um didn't really have any desert experience or even short course experience on them uh, till about 2020 when we started racing at king of the hammers and when texplex popped over here popped up over here in dallas uh started racing out there that's when we started getting into short course quite a bit and uh yeah we've just been all around racing everything we possibly can so uh we've 
you and I have been talking for like a month trying to get your on our schedule and then we got sick and we had to build a race car and you got sick yeah it we kept putting it off but uh I told you oh a couple of weeks ago I was like hey man you know I'm not trying to, to jinx you or anything but but we do have a lot of winners on this show mm-hmm. we uh <laughs> we've been fortunate now it was great that we put off last week because you went out last weekend and had a pretty good race yeah, that's it. I, uh must be a good thing that I didn't come on last week. Uh, thank <laughs> you for getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, that, that race last week was awesome. It was uh, the Red Bull Beach Scramble. And, man, I've never, never raced anything on the beach. Uh, I've raced some sand tracks, you know, back in my motocross days, but nothing like that. Um, something where there was no bottom to it whatsoever, you know, it just kept getting pictures of the course were nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It got crazy when we first got there, like the whole beach looked like it had, uh, been packed with a grater. And then by the time we left, I mean, there were ruts that were were shoulder deep, you know? So it, it was wild. It was a good time though. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't quite sure what to expect when we went up there, but, uh, it's everything I hoped for. So you're racing on the beach. You, uh, I know you race like, uh, some of the MAO series, right? You guys have been to a couple of those races, uh, there in Jay at mid America. Um, obviously we know you and a lot of people from King of the Hammers, you, you and your brother have kind of made uh, a name for yourself at KOH. Good or bad. I'm not sure which (laughs) good, but I'm, you know, I'm a fan. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, we've said we said this earlier you guys raced with with uh can-am but i think the big thing uh that got a lot of guys know you and cody for is putting your utvs in the unlimited race right that's a that's a big deal yeah it's uh it's funny it all started almost as a joke you know the first year we went to koh was in 2020 and uh like I said before, we, we didn't have any experience with that type of stuff at all. We, we went out there and pre-ran twice. And the first day, uh, really, I think I still go into the rock gardens and go cross-eyed most of the time. But uh, luckily, Chad Chad has a pretty good eye for the lines. But, you know, we went in 20 and, and didn't have a freaking clue what the hell we were doing. And so you've never been to King of the Hammers before that? I, no. No, none, not whatsoever. I've never crawled a rock in a UTV a day in my life uh, before we went out there in 2020. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I watched Kyle do it in 19. And, uh, sorry, my dogs are about to start going ballistic, I think. But, <laughs> uh, no, I, we watched Kyle go about 30 miles in, in 2019 before he broke down and thought, man, we'd, uh, we'd like to give that a shot. So, you know, Ken M was, was kind of desperate to win the race at that point. Um, they were sick of players winning every year. So they sent everybody out there, including us. Um, we didn't, it, our goal was just to finish the dang thing. We didn't think we had a chance in hell of winning it. And, uh, we went pre-running with everybody and, and <laughs> they all said, y'all need to slow the hell down in the rocks or you are no way you're going to make it through the first two, uh, trails you know before you're sitting on the side of it watching everybody go by but you know back from our gncc days we're super used to you know basically sprinting through the woods with very little margins for error and out there i mean you have to keep the car together but it's it's short course pace 
and we kind of took that same mindset to King of the Hammers. I mean, we're, we're not just beating the crap out of the cars, but I mean, we're not just rock crawling either, you know? Um, so the whole time we're pre-running, everybody's telling us to slow down, but we didn't feel like we were damaging the cars. I mean, we have a pretty good feel for that and come race day, it, it worked out. I mean, it worked out for me. Cody went about 20 miles and broke, but, uh, <laughs> but for me, it worked good. That's crazy, man. I mean, you show up to like we always ask guys what was your first hammers experience yours is like getting to the race yeah yeah that was pretty much it that was pretty much it and then from there you know like i said cody cody qual we qualified one two that year and uh cody went about 20 miles and it, it was just a stupid mistake you know we uh we were up all night prepping the cars again. Didn't know what we were doing really. We were out there in with easy ups, if that tells you anything. And uh, <laughs> anybody that's been to Hammers knows that that means you don't know what you're doing. And that's very uh, true. Yes. <laughs> so it, it was a mistake. A, a, a bolt on his lower shock got over torqued and it ended up breaking. Um, and it took him about 30 minutes to get it fixed. I mean, he came back to ninth. He did good, but. Uh, you know, had I not won, he'd have probably been stoked on that finish. But since I won, he's pissed. And <laughs> <laughs> I flew home the next day and he's, you know, eating breakfast and stuff over at Casey Curry's. And they said, oh, why don't you all just stay and run the 4400 race? And, you know, everybody was joking, except Cody kind of took it serious. And he went and talked with Dave and Dave was kind of stoked on the idea. So he ended up doing it just on a whim. And I think he got, I don't know, maybe 23rd, something like that. Um, but hell, nobody expected him to finish the damn thing, you know? It was crazy because I, I think 2020 was my first year at Hammers, too. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the race that year, the UTV race, we raced on Monday, maybe, or Tuesday? Yes, it was. It, I think it was Sunday, actually. It, it could have been. The, and there was a yeah. big break, like a, almost a week-long break to the 44 yeah, that, that's it. And, uh, you know, we had no plans of, of anybody staying out there. And I thought Cody had lost his mind when he said that he was doing that. I mean, I was I was scared shitless for him, to be honest with you, because all I'd seen was the videos of Shannon, these guys just running each other over in the rocks. And you damn sure don't want one of those trucks running over a UTV. So, uh, <laughs> but well, there honestly, was... I'd have, I've experienced it. It's I don't know. We we hold our own in the rocks pretty good, uh, I guess. The desert's where we mainly lose our time in that class. But uh, everybody in the class is pretty dang respectful, to be honest with you. I mean, nobody's nobody's bashing each other on purpose, really. I, I feel like it was made into a probably a bigger deal because there were just one or two guys that were kind of loud about not liking it. Yeah. And, uh, everybody else was kind of like, hey, man, you want to beat you got to beat the best. You got to race the best. And uh, my whole kicker was always it's unlimited. There's no That's rule, it. no yeah. rule for anything except safety. And uh, if you're going to let it happen, then it's not really unlimited, right? Um, no, that's it for sure. And I mean, I've heard a million different rumors about stuff that they're going to do, you know, weight limit and, and trust me, I get it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you think I want to get hit in the dust by one of those 6,000 pound monsters, you're crazy. Um, but nobody's, nobody's more nervous out there than us. But to be honest with you, I mean, we, we hold our own in qualifying. We hold our own in the desert. 
Um, you know, of course, we don't have quite the top speed that those things have, but not all of them can even go that fast, you know. Um, so, yeah, we, we lose some time to the, the top, you know, I don't know, five, ten guys. But aside from that, in the rocks, it's not like we're out there slowing anybody down, you know. And you, uh, you're building specific TVs for the KOH 4400 race, right? We did this year, yeah. So in the years past, we used the same car, and it was a gigantic pain in the ass mm -hmm. because we'd qualify Monday for the UTV race. Then we we didn't touch the cars really, aside from go through them, because we'd qualify on Wednesday for forty four hundred, and then we're typically pretty late in the day qualifying for forty four hundred. So right after that, we have and keep in mind while we're waiting on qualifying, we're supposed to be going through contingency for the UTV race. So we've had to do that in the meantime, but we qualify for 4,400 and then the cars have to get stripped completely apart, completely rebuilt to be ready to go at, you know, 6 a.m. on Thursday the next day. And then after the race on Thursday, they're stripped apart again. And during on Friday, while we're rebuilding the things, we're supposed to be going through contingency for 4,400. So then they're typically coming over there late in the evening to tech the cars after we're done rebuilding them. And then we're back up Saturday morning, getting ready to race again. So this year we decided uh, we're going to, we're going to start fresh. We're going to build brand new pre-runners that were identical to the UTV race cars. And we were racing the pro stock class this year. So that we built them pretty basic, but the, for the 4,400 race, we went all out. I mean, they were completely custom race chassis that S3 power sports had done for us um they had bump stops on them i mean that we had stretched the chassis six inches we had planned to run 37s but we didn't get our wheels packaged together in time so uh we didn't have the 17 inch wheels that we needed so we ended up back with the 35s which honestly are are not that big a deal i mean they they work great still a decent sized tire for a you know 2500 pound vehicle for sure that, yeah, I saw pictures as soon as I see you. I think you guys leaked a little bit of a picture of a bump stop on a Can-Am and people just lost their mind. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because it's not like bump stops or anything super special or, or yeah. new but, uh, on a UTV, I guess they are. And I mean, man, it was it was quite the tuning tool. I mean, it made a big difference for us because, you know, you know how Johnson Valley is. I mean, it's got some big hits, but it's got a lot of chop, too. So you always have to tune kind of in the middle to be able to take the hits. Well, now we are able to tune the shocks, you know, super compliant and soft to where it didn't beat you up in the chatter, but we could still, you know, take those big G outs really hard. So, uh, it was, it was nice. That's for sure. So yeah, this year you said you, the, you ran stock class in the UTVs. Um, a lot of guys wondered why you guys did that. I mean, I think I think I kind of know the answer. Um, but you tell us, like, what was the – this is only the second year with with broke-down classes in the UTV class. What made you guys kind of lean towards that stock class for their Thursday race? Uh, to be honest with you, I miss it all being one class. I thought that was yeah. – uh, I, I thought that was cooler, to be honest with you. But, you know, every, every year – since 2020 um no matter how we do everybody says oh they're, they're not even driving there's nothing can am about those things you know which and we everybody looked at the says, cars that's not true <laughs> yeah anybody that says that clearly has not looked at our cars but 
you know, Ken Am was like, you know what, we're going to prove a point. We want y'all to run the stock class. Y'all build cars that are, are stock spec, you know, and don't get me wrong. They were race cars. Um, we started with a, a bare chassis, but we did not cut a single tube out of those chassis. Not one thing. All we oh. did, you know, weld in a solid safe cage. We did solid door bars uh, and for safety. And we did a fuel cell also for safety. Um, and then we just added a, a bunch of gussets to them. I mean, we ran stock trailing arms. We ran stock geometry A arms. Um, you know, everything was stock, all stock suspension mounting points, 32 inch tires. Uh, you know, our, our power package is always stock. We, we never open the engines. The only thing we do uh, is tuning and exhaust. We run stock clutches um, with just different springs and levers in them. Um, our, our model has always been, you know, simple is better for sure. Uh, because it typically always finishes. So those things have plenty of power, you know, off the showroom floor, you don't really need much more, but yeah, I mean, I, I missed the 35s when I was out there on the 32s. That's for sure. The 32s will go anywhere. The 35s will go, but they just beat the hell out of you compared to the 35s, but they weren't, I wouldn't really say they were much of a disadvantage. Yeah, I think that the the subclass rule thing is still new enough. I mean, we've looked through the rules, right? We've built a car in this era. And yeah. uh, I think a lot of guys that complain about it don't actually know the rule, the, read the rule book. And yeah. you guys you guys followed that book to a T. I mean, I you know, we didn't see anything weird. Um, I will say this, we have a we call him our engine guy, our buddy Carl always helps us with motor work. And uh, he preaches and pounds in, you know, stock, 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 yeah. stock. He's like, if I could just buy a new razor every year or can am whatever, and just put the safety shit on it, race it for a year and sell it and buy another one every year. He's like, that's what I do. Because these I'm things are so you. capable. Yeah, that's it, man. Like in, in 20, our pre-runners, they, not only were they stock, they were stock, like the stock base model, 120 horsepower. I mean, the slowest, cheapest thing, the X3 that uh, is available. Stock shocks, everything. We had tires and wheels, tie rods, and a set of A-arms on them. And we probably put a 1,000 miles of pre-running on those things. I mean, just mm. beat the hell out of them. And I'm telling you, I was faster in that than I was in my race car. Mm. I mean, hands down. Because <laughs> the thing weighs nothing. Uh, they just go, you know. And those, back then, we raced a 64-inch car, so uh those things would really go anywhere yeah that's the thing like you know i complain a lot about you know utvs because it's not my thing it's not a real like it doesn't have like a dana 60 under it whatever but at the <laughs> end of the day what it comes down to it is <laughs> they're a freaking feat of engineering man you know whether it's it's uh polaris or can-am or or even the honda um they're they it's amazing what those things will do. You just jump in one and go out for a rip and you're like, man, this is really comfy and I, scary yeah. and scary. And, yeah. and you know so, what? And they, they weren't, you know, what, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. You know, they were, they were slow and they broke all the time and they were, I mean, when we started in the commander compared to what we're in now, I mean, there is no comparison. I mean, they were actually golf carts back then, basically, you know, um, but, I mean, in the next gen, 
cars that are coming out, you know, in the future are probably going to make what we have right now look like golf carts. So, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be that long before they're the fastest thing out there, in my opinion. I mean, they're still lightweight and the power on them is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I remember back to when I was a kid back on the farm, you know, we're talking like early 90s or whenever and the old the old Kawasaki mule showed up and you're like, what this is cool. I was a John Deere Gator guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same concept, crusty, crunchy, rattly, crusty. <laughs> so you uh you mentioned the commander. That was Can Am's like first um like sport UTV. Uh we, first UTV period. I think we uh we had Kyle Cheney on the show last year. He also started in a commander, and I, I was just like, man, I thought that was the coolest thing when it came out. And then I ran it a little bit, and I was like, it's not what I thought. I thought race car immediately. And I was like, it's still a little um, terrible. Mulish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, you know, I was racing motocross back then, and I thought I would never drive one of those things. My life depended on it. Those are terrible. And this is coming from a quad guy at that. Uh, but no, I had no interest in side-by-sides whatsoever. But, you know, back then it was the rhinos and, mm-hmm. you know, they're 25 horsepower. Mm-hmm. And they still broke all the time. Uh, and I would just see guys out on motor tracks just beating the hell out of themselves in those things. And I, I just had no interest in it whatsoever. Um, but we got a couple of commanders and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty damn fun, you know, and we're racing through the woods. And I mean, the tracks were really tight back then and you could haul ass in them. So it was a good time. And, and, you know, the first ones didn't even have power steering. And I remember oh, when yeah. I drove the first one with power steering, I was like, Oh, I hate this. Cause I can't feel anything. And now if power steering's out, I mean, I'd, I'd just go back to the trailer cause you can't do anything with them, you know? <laughs> But uh, I, uh, I was working at a Polaris dealer when they unveiled the one thousand, the Razor one thousand, and we were just mm-hmm. like, "Dude, this is this is game changer." Yeah, yeah. You know, Can Am's coming out with something. You know that at that time we thought Articat might be coming out with something. Um, Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha were just getting into it, and we were like, "This is going to change this whole world." Oh, yeah. And I mean, remember how ridiculous the Yamahas were when they came out? I mean, we're like, ah, no belt. This thing's going to be amazing. You know, turns out shifting is not as cool as it seems to be. But uh... <laughs> I've got I've got a buddy. Um, he has a couple of those Yamahas. He loves them. He swears by them. He put money down on a speed UT early on and hasn't got it yet. Um, <laughs> we, we don't need to go there, but he swears by a man. Our buddy Robert races a Honda Talon. Uh, he mm-hmm. loves it. And that's all that really matters, man. He, the guy gets out there and he can build a car he's proud of. So, Oh, no, that's it, man. And, I mean, honestly, like anything you spend time in and get used to, it's going to become natural. And, and yeah, of course you're going to love it, you know. Um, Cody raced a Yamaha, for Yamaha for, for Yamaha for two years at GNCC and won a GNCC championship and won. You know, I always thought, man, that looks like the biggest pain in the ass to drive, you know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like you said, he, he loved the thing. I mean, they were fast, and uh, they worked really well for that. So, it's awesome. And, I mean, it, who knows what these things are going to be in the next couple of years, you know. Uh, times are changing, for sure, and technology is changing. And, 
I mean, it's exciting times for sure. You know, it's like every couple of years, the platforms are completely changing and uh, you've got something new to look forward to. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. We uh we helped our buddy Joe at Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab build a Polaris Pro R for KOH this year. So the four cylinder, um, you know, previously he'd raced a Turbo S, and we were just like, man, the same idea, but just that whole car was just—it's all new, right? Yeah, it's bigger, beefier, stronger, faster. Down, sounds better. I mean, oh man. Yeah. I mean. I have mixed feelings on that thing. I think that car's so badass. I just wish that it fit within the class structure a little better, yeah. you know, because I mean, the thing is sweet and it's strong and it's the best players has to offer. And that's what I want to be racing against. You know, I want to be racing against guys driving that car because it's uh, what they have the, the best chance of kicking my ass in, but it's just so outside and to me you know personally i don't care i say we all run together and may the best man win but you know the manufacturers the series uh, a lot of people driving them they don't see it that way unfortunately you know um i think it's really annoying at some of these races where they have you know 15 different pro classes and everybody's posting how they won the damn race and you can't keep up with what's going on, you know? Um, it's like everybody everybody gets a trophy, and yeah, I don't know. I'm just – I'm not that all about was, it. Uh, that was – I know I, – I don't. Well, we won't say it, but I know what race you're talking about this year, and it's it's a, yeah. a, a race for everybody, and it was just kind of weird this year because there were so many classes across the board, not just in UTVs even. Yeah. And I mean, even the guys that won every class didn't like it, you know, um, everybody kind of had the same feeling about it and they just, it's just going overboard in my opinion. I think things need to be more simple and, uh, kind of go back to where we were a little bit, you know? Well, I think it's one of those things where, you know, this is, it's still in the world of, of racing. It's still, it's new, you know, like as, as if you look back at the history of off-road racing and it's, in my opinion, it's just we're trying stuff. Well, it's not going to work. Let's readjust. Let's try this because, you know, there's going to be people that are like, well, I don't want to run my mock NA against a pro R or whatever. And and you can there's a, a thousand different ways to look at it. But at the end mm -hmm. of the day, you know, we'll, we'll settle on what ends up working. And it just might be a little uncomfortable getting there, but I think it'll it'll work itself out. I, I do agree with you there. I mean, when Can-Am dropped the first Turbo Maverick, nobody expected that. And it didn't fit within any of the classes, you know, and everybody thought that it was completely unfair because the thing was a rocket compared to everything else that was available at the time. And then Polaris released their Turbo 1000. We're like, okay, finally, everybody's back on a level playing field. The bickering will stop. And, uh, you know, people will quit trying to fight each other in the pits because he's got a Turbo and he doesn't. But uh, that'd be a know, fun way to watch. I never <laughs> see yeah, that. <laughs> but I mean, and who knows what the next evolution is going to be? You know, I mean, like we said, these things are changing every single year, so there's bound to be more, uh, more conflict. Well, eventually, that... eventually there's going to be electric units that are going to join the fray, and then who knows? Yep. Maybe there's going to be a hydrogen power plant eventually somewhere. Jeez, like there's. 
you you look at the you look at the future and you look how like I said, let's go back to how far we've come in this short amount of time. Like it's there's just so much stuff out there that's happening really quick. And you know, I at the end of the day, maybe we're just gonna like you know, nothing more is gonna happen. But at the same time, it's probably gonna be every two years a giant exponential change that I I'm excited to see what happens. Oh, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I I do think like some of the safety things around them, people need to be a hair more educated, and because the things are are way too are so fast right now. You know, I kind of equate it to like a jet ski. I don't know if you've got on a modern jet ski, but they're scary as shit because they are so fast, and that's what these are turning into. You know, um, race series. I you know we were at Wheatland. Um, weekend before last before the weekend before we were at jersey uh for mao round two and i mean we're coming into some of these corners at 95 mile an hour we're hitting that back tabletop at close to 100 and the thought of doing that in a a chassis that is not you know built like one of mine like a a very strong safe roll cage uh, it's it's kind of terrifying to be honest with you but that's just the way these things are now and so it it's a crazy time and it's kind of uh, scary if you actually sit back and think about it. But of course, when everybody straps in, they're not thinking about that. They're just going <laughs> mm-hmm. for it. Race car drivers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. They, uh, they, so the other interesting aspect is with these classes is that all of these things are available to anybody. Mm-hmm. If you want to yeah. write the check or call the bank or whatever, you can just buy these things it's yeah, not it. like there's secret technology and no, it's, you know, it's not like IndyCar level or dare I say like 4,400 unlimited top secret stuff. Um, yeah. It's, it's like, it's a product you can buy and you could, you, because we've done it a few times. I'm sure you're the same way. You, we could probably build a, a car in less than two weeks. That would pass safety inspections. Yeah, 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 for sure. And show and show up and race it. Uh, it's just that is what makes that class thing weird for me because it it's just available to anybody. You don't have to be a you know Levi Shirley or Shannon Campbell to get into the forty four hundred race. Man, you show up, you got your safety stuff and safety feet. Boom, you're in the race. No, that's it for sure. I mean, whether you should be out there or not, uh, you can do it, you know. <laughs> we uh, don't know anybody like that. No. Yeah. Everybody we know is qualified. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. But, I mean, you – the thing about it, it's unlimited, and everybody has the right to be in it, you know. Um, now, Hammers is a little different than um, some of the other Ultra 4 races, yeah. I think. Like to be honest with you, I feel super comfortable out there with the big trucks in or with the 4,400 trucks in at King of the Hammers because, you know, it's so big and spread out. Some of the tighter tracks, I don't think I'd want to be within 100 miles of those things bashing off of each other, you know. Um, And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if a lot of guys have entered UTVs in the 4,400 outside of KOH. I I don't think we're allowed to actually. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because honest with you, if we were, I'd probably be at every Ultra Four race. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, uh, that, I, I, I would that's hope interesting. To and, and 
get up front maybe, but I wouldn't want to be in a battle with one of those things. So it's interesting that you say that because we uh, were just talking to Aaron and Grizz at Montana. We we told you we we're going to try to get you to show up at Montana here in a few days. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, we we know Paul Wolf's coming. Yeah, and, uh, I know he's part of your gang, right? You guys all work together at Koh, I think. And uh, oh, we uh, we know Kyle Cheney's going to show up. At least he registered for the race. I don't know if that anywhere yet but uh i mean if those two show up i feel like the miller brothers almost have to show up right mm-hmm. montana's a long freaking ways it's beautiful this time of year and it's kind of just like north texas right yeah. i mean yeah just the same exactly yeah big yeah. pastures lots of cows <laughs> rattlesnakes uh yellowstone movie tv show thing which i've never seen so i don't get those references i get annoyed because everyone keeps making yellowstone references never seen the show i'm like just stop it already with the goddamn references to yellowstone and the freaking train station i almost feel like i should hang up on you (laughs) i'm with you i'm a fan you're missing out and you haven't (laughs) seen any of the prequels or anything you're just missing good tv Uh, you would love uh no Anyway. Oh, I do too. I honestly, I like them better. I think, but no, I think <laughs> Kyle's actually running the whole Ultra, Ultra Four series. Um, I'd like to do it. You know, back when we raced GNCC, that that was my absolute favorite type of racing in a side by side, and I I definitely think it's what uh, made us uh, develop the skills we have as quickly as we have because you know it, it was sprint racing, but the consequences were so high in it. Um, that you had to really learn to be smooth, but you know, we're just so dang busy with everything we have going on. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like, uh, it was about nine months to prep for KOH last year. By the time we were done with it, I didn't even want to look at a side by side, but then we were starting <laughs> racing again in another three weeks. So we had to get our short course cars ready and, uh, you know, we're racing, we've done a couple of these Red Bull scrambles now and. Uh, Mid America is racing about once a month. It's just busy, busy time, and I mean, it's already time to start thinking about getting ready for KOH next year. You know. Well, I'm not going to hold it against you, but uh, I'll tell you <laughs> this: Kyle has gotten great re- feedback from from joining, uh, and and we're ultra four, ultra four guys, right? Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, totally biased, but uh, yeah, maybe next year we'll see it a race or two. Maybe later in the year, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, yeah. We're planning to we're planning to race ultra four race at Visions, and then uh, I think I'm at Kyle. The PA ultra four conflicts with one of his champ races, so I think I'm actually going to run that one for him. Oh, substitute yeah. driver! Go and get him a nice DNF. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, somebody, I, somebody pays me off enough. Want to get some points on Kyle? It. Uh, it. Uh, that- Another thing I love about UTVs, I know we're talking about UTVs, but uh, you really can cross race these things through different series and different events, right? I mean, they're really versatile cars to build. Oh, not only that, like you can race the same car in all these different ones. I mean, if you build a, a decent race chassis that's strong, I mean, aside from that, change the tires, wheels, and the shock setup. And you can go, I mean, I, I took mine from Wheatland to the beach. 
and all I changed was the tires and shocks and that was it. You know, um, I raced it in the 12 hour, same car last year. I mean, my, my short course cars actually got a lot of time on it and a lot of different types of races. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw that mud, mud hell race we had at the 12 hour last year. Oh, that dude, a, that was incredible. Yeah. Well, that's kind of on our medium list to go to that sometime just because it's a very unique race. Yeah, oh, it's hands down my favorite race of the year. It is so much fun. Uh, Kyle and I have raced it together the last two years and won it. And uh, man, it, it's a freaking blast because you can drive all you want. You know, the first year I did it, I drove about nine hours straight. And uh, I wasn't planning to do that. And so I wasn't wearing a catheter. Mm. And I'm not one of those guys that can uh, wet his pants. So. <laughs> I, I've never been in that much pain in my entire life ever it's before or since. I mean, awful. Gosh. So let me ask you this. Um, you race all these different kinds of races and series. You ever, uh, have you ever looked at Baja? Is that on your list? I actually, uh, I've done the two fifty and the 500. Um, hmm. we got, I got third in the 500 in Oh nine. Uh, that was on a quad though. That wasn't one done a side by side. Um, and the quad guys that run Baja are like just, just shy of the iron man on the dirt bike. The quad <laughs> guys are nuts. No, oh, they're gnarly. They're gnarly for sure. But yeah, I mean, short answer to your question. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, I think we could do well down there. It's just, you know what it takes to go down and, be competitive to win the thousand i mean it's a serious operation and it's so close to hammers and we put so much into hammers i mean it's it's literally what our entire year revolves around um but the next i've got a, a bucket list dream of trying to do the dakar rally oh, so okay. oh. yeah we're we're in the very 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 early stages of trying to put that plan together um yep. kind of have a lot of the pieces in place that it takes it's just it's unbelievably expensive i mean more than i would have ever dreamed to do it correctly you know um but you know i i can't say 100 percent obviously that it's going to happen but uh i'm sure trying like hell to make it happen we'll see um even if i only do it once you know uh, and maybe and maybe i'm going to get over there and that's all i want to do it i mean it looks it looks freaking tough but that's uh think what's got me intrigued as well well there's a whole that's a whole nother level because there's like an ocean in the middle <laughs> yeah <laughs> just yeah mind, like, yeah well, just that simple part by itself is is a is mind-boggling yeah and and i damn sure couldn't do it on my own that's for sure um Canem has a team over there, South Racing, that has kind of an arrive and drive type program um, that is top level. I mean, they've won the Dakar the last six years in a row, I believe. Mm. Uh, and you know the the Red Bull factory Canem team uh, is underneath their umbrella. So yeah, I mean, they, there's a good setup over there for me to go straight over and be successful. But there's still just so much to it. It's it's absolutely incredible. I mean, it's a whole different side of the world, a completely different culture, a lot of things to learn. Um, and it's not like you can just show up at Dakar either. I mean, you have to do some other rallies to get 
the experience and and find a co-pilot that you can work with that knows the navigation well because honestly like that that's the biggest part of it uh is what i'm learning i mean going over there and going fast is just a very small part of it you you can go i feel like i can go as fast as anybody in the world but if i'm going the wrong direction then uh, <laughs> i could do me any good so here's a question that this is going to be a huge tangent so i apologize but do you know much if anything about uh japanese mini trucks do you have any <laughs> no. experience I do not. I do not. Okay. Well, well, I'll I think ask I the question. Broken side by side, off the side of the track sometimes. <laughs> well, I'll ask the question anyway. Do you think that there will ever be a time when somebody a either enters a Japanese mini truck into the stock class, or b there's a Japanese class in any of these off-road racing circuits? Like I said, huge tangent, but I feel like you're getting I feel like you're going somewhere with this. <laughs> so. well, not not really. It's just, you know, I've been I've been uh not getting much sleep lately. And so there's a weird things that have been in my brain rattling around. And he, he has this from time to time. <laughs> he uh <laughs> we didn't talk about this in the first segment. We should <laughs> let the fans know the nitrous <laughs> on the suburban did work. Well, the problem is that so he 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 put nitrous on a suburban, yeah. And the problem I feel like is you got too much time on your hands. I I've got plenty of work down here if y'all are that bored. <laughs> so I I have a a 2006 suburban, and the the thing is, I was expecting to blow my 4L60 and just destroy it, but it slips so bad, it's like a safety built in. So whenever I hit the giggle gas, it just slips to Jesus, and it doesn't blow up. So it's a little anticlimactic. It was... I don't even want to tell you this, because it's just going to go straight to your head. It was pretty insane. <laughs> well, anyway. there, there is a video coming out. I just have to, have to get time to edit it for my yeah. doing stuff with Hopper YouTube channel. It'll be on there. It's not as exciting as you'd think, but it's more exciting than something. <laughs> it was fun. Crazy. Did it at least sound cool. I know. Yeah. So it, it at least had to sound cool when it wound up, surely. Well, I mean, when it when that freaking uh, tack went all the way up to and pegged on 6K, it, it sounded <laughs> cool, but uh, <laughs> uh, this is where the, you know, this is where things, this is where our great ideas come from. It's anyway, all, there's a lot of bad ones, but a few. Anyway, Japanese mini trucks. I'm just saying, think about it. Get back with me. Let me know what you come up with. <laughs> you know what? I'm quite sure that if you spend enough time around Mid America and, and, you know, show a little interest over there, they will create a class because they've got everything else going on there. And yeah, uh, have you, I'm sure you've been seeing the new course photos oh. and everything that they're building. It looks nuts right now. Man, I'm so excited. We're racing there in two weeks, is it? Memorial Day, I guess. Uh, I'm freaking pumped. Like, with, you know, this is our first, we raced Visions in 21 there. Um, but we hadn't made a full season there yet because we were, we were running the Texplex series down here and we were focused on that. And it was just, it was too much to do both. You know, I, uh, we race full times what we do for a live for a living, but I still try to have somewhat of a normal life and spend a little bit of time with my wife. Mm. So, uh, this year we decided we're going to, we're going to do the full mid America series and that'll be our focus. And, uh, man, I, I'm just so excited to be involved with 
somebody that is investing that kind of money into racing and truly doing it to grow the sport. Um, I mean, I don't see how it could be a profitable thing at this point, but it sure is awesome to go up there and experience everything that, uh, they have to offer and how it's constantly changing. I mean, the atmosphere there just, just makes you want to be there and be a part of it. Yeah. The Robinettes are great. They've been great to us in the ultra four world. Um, very willing to listen. Uh, it seems like, of course, they've also done their due diligence and hired a couple of really good guys. To, oh, there's no, uh, help with that yeah. The, yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's uh it's a team effort up there. That's for sure. Um, it's just things happen so fast. I can't even keep up with what's next up there. You know, uh, I've known Billy champion that, uh, he was the race director, um, before this year, I think he still is, but I'm not sure exactly what his new role that he's moving into is, but anyway, I've been, been friends with him, uh, quite a while now. And, you know, it's just exciting watching all the things. I mean, I, I don't even know if everybody up there can keep up with how fast things are moving, but uh, it, it sure is cool. I think Visions this year is going to be on another level. I mean, it is It is awesome. I The only problem I have is a little two letter, two little letters, and that is Midwest summertime. It's a little <laughs> like when you're a fat guy like me, you don't do well in hundred plus weather degree weather when it's like ninety percent humidity. I uh not not my not my deal. I can't do it physically. It's like dangerous. My heart, my poor heart, can't handle it. Well, luckily they got a pool. Yeah, cold beer. We yeah, we all- used the pool last year. That's for sure. Yeah. I wish there was a pool. Well, there was a pool. There is pools inside the fire suit. Pools of sweat. But <laughs> from the dust. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see uh, how big Visions is this year. Because there, there's definitely more on the line for them, I think. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be massive. And, I mean, especially with uh, all the new stuff they're adding with the rally car track and all of that, you know. Dude, that's super, uh, It's so cool. It fre- It's so freaking cool. It gets me stoked. And then I think about the temperature. <laughs> well, guess what? We got a chance to go back in September. Yes, and we we get to race at Disney in September, just down the road from from Jay. Yeah. Now and, that uh, that was one of my favorite races last year was Disney because the weather was perfect. Like the 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 terrain of the race course was unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, I I had a blast, but once again, it was like the the temperature was livable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it's, uh, it's kind of weird. Cause like, we're about four hours North of, you know, Houston, Austin area. Um, I'd say Houston actually Austin's about three hours, but anyway, um, you know, the temperature from down there and humidity level to where I live is quite different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go four hours North, like towards Tulsa and Jay in that area. And they get, you know, a lot more snow than we get. And, uh, but I think they're all just hot as hell in the summer. They're still getting away from it. We yeah. don't. Uh, we don't have air conditioning where we live. Yeah, we, our stuff's built with yeah. AC because it's not needed. Yeah, it, it snowed today. Yep, uh, and tomorrow it's going to snow more. So we it live in a totally nine, different world. Yeah, it was ninety four here today. Oh yeah, yeah oh, man, no thanks. It, yeah, and it's not like California, Arizona, ninety four either. Like it's yeah. it's 
people. No, you're you're preaching to the choir. I honestly, I love Texas, and I don't want to live anywhere else. But I absolutely hate the summers, and the summers are from you know May to November. Yeah. Now, see, that's how we feel about winter. <laughs> we don't like heat, but winters man on like third winter already this year. Yeah, it yeah. just uh, never ends. I've got motorcycles and side by sides and campers I want to get out, and it just keeps <laughs> on snowing. Do y'all uh, do y'all do <sighs> this? Oh man, we uh, we've we've done some sledding. Yes, yes. Are you guys sledders? I, I've never ridden one in my entire life, and I hear they're absolutely oh. insane. We uh, we know some guys. Uh, we can help you with that. <laughs> It uh yeah it is insane. Uh when I moved up here, that's what I that's what I got into. And uh man, you want to talk about a good way to hemorrhage cash. <laughs> the snowmobile game changes faster than the UTV game, 100 percent Um, we used to always say a three-year-old snowmobile is more worthless than a three-year-old computer. Really? Dude, it, it just changes so fast. And the pricing and the cost is increasing, just like UTV. Mm-hmm. Where 2015, I would be really heavy in a sled at 15 grand, and it would be a beautiful snowmobile. That now costs 30 easily oh, to build. Wow. And, Jeez. you know, UTVs are no different. We're seeing more and more of these thirty-five dollars to $40,000 stock in the UTV world, but yeah. man, there is nothing like there was a winter. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, where it only snowed like 18 inches. And we were like, eh, is that even enough powder for us to go <laughs> ride? Like we were powder snobs for a while. I've never heard anybody say 18 inches wasn't enough, but uh, <laughs> When you rode on a three foot day and that snow is coming over the hood and just man, you don't you ride in the parking lot for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> but we awesome. keep in mind, man, we live forty-five minutes from some of the best backcountry snowmobiling, in my opinion, in the world. Um yeah. and we we have some of the biggest snowmobile names mm-hmm. out there around here. So yeah, man, we'll have to. Uh, yeah, come on up. Yeah, we have to have you come up in the winter, man. We would. We love to get dudes from Texas just shit face stuck <laughs> in chest deep snow. You'll hate life for a little. Yeah, bit. Hey, that sounds miserable. But you know, speaking of snowmobiles and and back to racing, um, you know, in, in snowmobile racing, I, I don't know any of the series. I don't keep up with it at all. But I, I know the guys that can't even talk about it. How every year the manufacturers can uh, Skidoo, Polaris, uh, Arctic Cat, all of them get together. They kind of discuss what they're coming out with, and they discuss and they decide upon a rule book that goes across every series that the manufacturers are going to support. And I think if they could do that with side by sides, that oh, that'd be huge. Yeah, the game would would change completely, you know. And and I know they're all pushing for it, but just hadn't seemed to happen yet and i'm hoping that uh that's one of the things that that the robinettes are going to change in the in the future you know with as much control as they're gaining over different series um and i know at the first mid-america race that they, they discussed that at the driver's meeting of trying to get a standard set of rules across the board 
And of course, you're going to have to have different rules for different disciplines. You know, can't have the same rules for short course that you have for ultra four as you have for desert racing. But, uh, you know, I, I think things can be organized quite a bit better instead of every single series you go to. It's a completely different set, you know. Yeah, snowmobiles and, and the racing is interesting because there's really three manufacturers. That's it. Um, Yamaha snowmobile is essentially an Articat snowmobile. It's the same thing. Um, but that's an interesting point, man, how they come out and talk. I wonder if part of the problem isn't that we do have too many series, you know, and that each series has one, like, uh, main key event, right? Like, ours yeah. is obviously King of the Hammers. Score has the Baja 1000. Uh, the Martelli brothers have the mint. Like, yeah. There's got to be a way to get all those guys in a room. And I think you're right, man. Jason Robinette and his staff might be the ones to do that, maybe. I, I sure hope so. I mean, I've got high hopes for them. Uh, I feel like they're doing it for for the right reasons. Um, I, I think. I hope they are. Um, I'm, I'm quite sure they are. So... I think you're right. I think they will be the ones that can can bring anybody, everybody together. I mean, if anybody can do it, it's going to be them for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's an exciting time to be a, a UTV racer for sure. Yeah, see, Hopper, like, exciting UTV. Blame it, it is. <laughs> That's you. You're a UTV owner. Japanese mini trucks. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll message Alan Johnson tonight. We'll ask him about the Japanese mini trucks. See what we can do. I'm sure it can be done. It's yeah. not a big we uh we actually discussed driving one of our friends' Japanese mini trucks from Denver to the race in Montana. Um I don't think he could get the thing plated. That was yeah. the actual problem. What, there, what, why is that a problem? Well, well he, there there's some it's there's stuff with imports and tariffs. He and, he bought a place in Texas that sells these things. And where they get them is, um, as far as the U.S. government is concerned, questionable, I guess. <laughs> there, there isn't the paperwork that they probably need. Uh, and a lot of guys use them on their ranches and, their, and, and yeah, I mean, they're not. I've actually seen quite a few of them around. I mean, I've never spent any time uh, fiddling with one, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a process to get them legal to get plated and it's a fairly complicated at least in colorado drawn out convoluted process but colorado likes they like to add extra steps to everything so mm. eh, yeah I, I don't know what license place they're stopping you for though i think every year we load up for koh and we have to add trailers because we have so much crap to haul out there and none of them have plates <laughs> either don't have plates or they're expired or we're I shouldn't be saying it probably pulling them off other trailer. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of a tangent, but because we're talking about UTVs and license plate, my light, my razor is license plated. That's not an actual, my, my razor plated. plated yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so that when I go to like Wyoming, Utah, California, um, New Mexico, all those places, there's certain things I can do with it on certain roads. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to see somebody race KOH with a license plate on the back of their UTE. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a buddy of uh, 
good friend yeah. of mine actually, George White, uh, does our suspension with Double E Racing. Uh, good buddy of his has an X3 with a Volkswagen Bug body on it. Yes, and I mean, it it's sweet. It's got air conditioning and all this stuff, but it's his daily driver. That thing, uh, man, he told me it crossed eighty thousand miles. Like I swear that had to be a year and a half ago. So it's got to be well over a hundred thousand miles at this point. Seen those builds on uh, on the internet, and I, it that'd be my Japanese mini truck dream. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> I, I always kind of thought, you know, would uh, would an X three with a truck body on it fit in the forty four hundred class a little better than what we have? But <laughs> there, there is a company out of Europe, and you can basically take your X three or your Razor Pro. Uh, chassis and you can make it look like a trophy truck yeah no i've seen them no. they're sick they're I think... they're a little expensive but no one would even know i mean would a guy even question it it's smaller truck i, I want to say it's klein something like that yeah that sounds <laughs> right hey chill yeah i uh, think that, and we're that, talking yeah, about yeah. this we also got to bring up the other can-am guy uh, who we haven't had on the show yet you know uh, Hubert, the redneck, Travis Petron's yeah. guy. Yeah, uh, his X3 across the country. Yeah, Hubert's gnarly. He, mm-hmm. uh, I love that guy, man. He's, uh, I, I met him at KOH the first time and he's, uh, he's a good dude, man. Pretty, pretty genuine for sure. That's, uh, that's where we've met him and talked with him. One of the nicest, I mean, there's everybody at KOH is nice, but he is one of the most approachable, nice guys there is. No, he really is. And I mean, you, you see him on TV and stuff and you expect him to be, uh, you know, a famous dude, but man, he is so down to earth, just regular guy. And, and I mean, shoot, everybody you meet is really, um, but yeah, he's, he's a good guy, but I can't imagine wanting to drive a side by side completely across the country. They're, they're, uh, they're cool and all uncomfortable, but I'm tired driving my my F three fifty for five hours, much less a side by side. Yeah, now you mention that we do have a bit of a drive next week. Mm-hmm. We've got how a, far apart are you guys? Uh, I think it's about ten hours. Uh, Kyle told me it's twenty two or twenty four for him. Damn, Ohio. Yeah, it's a long ways. I I didn't really think about. It. I didn't really think about where Montana is. I was just thinking it was straight up, but. It's Mont- it's not Montana's. It's kind of like American Canada. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a long ass ways. Or is or is Canada like Canadian Montana? I don't know. It's Canada's a weird country because it's like another country, but it's not another country. <laughs> That's it's, it. It's strange. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've made a few trips up there. I, I actually really enjoy Canada. I. uh uh, in the Montreal area, I always like the food. You know, it's always... Oh, yes. Oh, we have not made the French-Canadian joke with the Can-Am driver. Do you speak French? But yeah, we... Yeah. How do you read the manuals, the service manuals? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everything they make is in French. <laughs> well, luckily, they all speak English, so it's fine. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, so I'm, I'm a volunteer firefighter here. And we all have the eagle head on our helmets. Well, Canadians have a beaver instead of a head that you know on the front of their helmets. So it's always 
we've had a few Canadians come down visit our station in the past, and it's always fun to look at their helmets and make fun of the beaver head on their helmet. Funny, Actually, funny little side note. Beavers are oh. not. Uh, beavers are a hot topic around here right now. Yeah, are they out in force? Oh man, we've got. Uh, so there's like a couple trees on our property that I really like. One uh-huh. of them is massive weeping willow tree that oh, is right yeah. our lake between my house and Cody's house. And Cody had planted this tree like, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago or something. And, uh, you know, all the other willow trees around the lake, they grow like weeds. We cut them down once a year. And by the next year, they're 25 feet tall again, except mm-hmm. for these weeping willow trees. And this freaking beaver just chewed it down the other night while we were oh, asleep. No. So oh pissed. Well, I yeah. tell you what, they are, they are, uh, they're destructive. They're destructive. Oh, they you are destructive your, little efforts. Yeah, you spend your life trying to pull their dams apart, and it's just, oh my gosh. But when we were kids, we did have a pet beaver. Um, we were out doing something. My brother actually had it, and he was doing something and found and saved one of the kits, and they they're like one of the coolest little pets you could ever have i tell you what but otherwise freaking garbage (laughs) (laughs) destroy everything yeah Yeah. this is ironic because tomorrow at work i have to actually take down a beaver dam oh my gosh they're awful (laughs) yeah we've been putting it off but she's backing up our our stream so what do you got to do yep yeah yeah Huh? Well, so uh, one one question we try to ask, if I don't ask this, Casey Gilbert's going to text me and get all hussy and fussy. Uh, we got to know how you eat your bacon. Crispy, chewy. Man, that's a good call. It's hard to screw up bacon, to be honest with you, as long as it's not burned. And even burned bacon's still delicious. So, mm-hmm. But if I had to pick. I mean, like semi-crispy, not crispy, but not soft. I consider either. that a win in the chewy bacon. World. I consider a win in the crispy bacon world. Yeah, well, not, not limp okay. bacon, but not 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 where it's crunchy either. See, Zach know. likes to just open up a pound yes. and just eat it, whereas I like to fry it so when you tap it with your finger, it shatters. We're Man, Pretty sure I don't have any bacon here, and I'm kind of tempted to run down to Jolly General now that we're talking about it. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm starving. I haven't had dinner yet. So I basically I'm... look at bacon as a thick piece of ham, and you would just eat a piece of ham out of the fridge. Why can't you eat a piece of ham right out of the fridge? Be crispy. Um, you just eat it raw. I mean, pretty like much, yeah. Packet? Yeah. No, maybe maybe I'll dip it in a little bit of grease so it slides down better. Oh, Zach, but just stop it! Oh my god! I mean, yeah, I don't. No, I barely cook my steaks. That's well, different. I mean, I'm on. I'm on board with the the raw steaks, but yeah, yeah, rare steak. Anyway. Totally different. Stop yeah, I don't know about raw bacon. I've never. I can't say I've ever had that one, but I do love I mean, bacon. I've never licked a pig so, hole, and I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, no, this yeah. is the yeah. This is where we turn south. <laughs> so next year, when we're at KOH, we'll uh, we'll come by. Uh, we'll bring some bacon. We'll try. We'll try a couple. Of, I'll eat a piece of crispy ass burnt bacon mm. if you eat a piece of raw bacon. Okay. Um, 
Now, I, I got to ask, you know, Kyle Cheney told us, hey, when you're at Hammers, come by, hang out. But understand, man, I'm on a mission. I'm not going to be hanging out, having no party. Then we talked to Paul Wolf. Well, Paul Wolf's like the nicest guy in the world. He'll talk to mm-hmm. anybody. And uh, But you guys all camp together. So I guess now we're going to have to wear our Polaris we're go over to the Can-Am tent and uh, hang out with you guys a little bit at KOH next year. I want to see when you're going through your rebuilds, like what that looks like, because that's just got to be nice. Uh, why don't you just come over and do it for us? Get in get in there and sturdy. <laughs> I, I don't know if we know how to work on I, like, I have. I, I, I don't know if my hands know how to work in Cana- French-Canadian. <laughs> it's a nut and a bolt, you know. Yeah. Oh, many moon, okay. many moons ago, I was a certified uh, Can-Am Ski-Doo fanboy, uh, mechanic fanboy. Anyway. And on top of that, we must have eaten probably 300 pounds of bacon out of our pit. Well, there you go. So, two and a half so weeks we're out there. So Sometimes we joke, the only reason we do this podcast is to befriend all of you big race car guys so that we can go to these races and then get all of our meals. <laughs> don't don't give out our secrets. My wife. I, I, I need to learn that secret. That saved me a hell of a lot of money at that race. Well, at KOH this year, we brought back about half our food, and uh, my wife was pissed. She was like, I bought you all this food. Why didn't you eat? And I was like, everybody kept feeding us. I mean – and yeah. sometimes we don't eat for like three days yeah you kind of just forget well i don't re- no 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 i don't forget to eat i did find a fruit roll up on the ground and oh, that that was yeah. my lunch <laughs> i i feel like half the time i it's not that i'm not hungry or anything else i just i start doing something and i'm like okay i need to go eat and then i keep doing something and then yeah. i didn't eat that day yeah like, there that was happens uh, to me all the time yeah, lot, not this past year. This past year, too, but the year before, um, I lost almost 20 pounds over that trip. Damn. Ooh, wow. Yeah. You- oh, it was bad. I left at uh, I left at right under 180 pounds, and I came back at like 155, and it took me dang near the whole year to get it back. That's, that's almost like retune the shock's weight. Yeah. No, it was bad. I mean. Wow. But uh, we put well- – we uh, quite a lot of stress on ourselves out there and uh yeah. yeah it's it's we take it maybe more serious than we should sometimes but well, uh, i feel like uh i you know a big race team such as yourself slightly more intense than a couple of pit guys wandering around and then maybe throwing some fuel during a race like that's not as that's not as intense let's be honest well i i am slightly envious of you to be honest with you but uh no, we try. I mean, it, again, it's it's pretty much what our whole year is built around. So uh, we can at least take one race serious. Yeah. <laughs> but well, man. it's a hell of a event. I, I love it for sure. That's the that's the problem, man. And you kind of briefly touched on this. You get back from hammers and you have that two weeks of like post hammer coughing and depression. And uh, then that next race starts coming and you just. It's it's like we're addicted, right, to this stuff. Oh, it's funny. Like no bullshit. By the time we, we spend almost three weeks out there, and we've got a pretty big crew. By the time we leave, everybody hates each other. We're all tired. We're all beat to hell. There's nothing worse than packing up the the whole pit after the 4400 race and trying to get the hell out of there. And 
you know, the whole time you're packing, you're like, I am, I am never doing this again. Screw yes. this. You know? Awful. And well, then, then you get, yeah. By the time I'm out the gate, I'm like, all right, how am I going to get my damn car faster? What do I got to do? Where did I screw this up? Where did I screw this up? Okay, this is what I got to do to improve this. And I mean, that's honestly like what led to the our current 4,400 cars is we left there in 21. We we left with no cars. We, we sold everything on the lake bed. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, it was actually pretty awesome for loading up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We uh we we came home with nothing and immediately started planning what we were doing and uh I knew I wanted to do the bump stops I knew I wanted to stretch the chassis a little bit I knew I wanted to try to go to thirty sevens uh we thought we wanted to go wider but we tried that and decided I did not like that but uh you know it it's it's like you said it's an addiction. Hmm. Drugs would probably be cheaper, to be honest. Yeah, there's no doubt. I can tell you that. But I also say if I can get my son hooked on this, he'll never be able to afford drugs. So, <laughs> Or anything else, or a house, or college, yeah. or, you know. You don't need those things, man. You just need a nice big toter, yeah. you know. Yeah, a can afford a girlfriend at that point. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> it, you're you're married, so... Yeah. Got that locked in. That was strategic. Mm. Yeah. 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 Our wives are pretty much the only reason this can happen. This is the only reason we can function to do this, I think. And yeah, people no. people come on this show and they don't think they're wives enough. And I, maybe we don't either. I don't know. Hey, she- I'm right there with you. I uh I met my wife when I was 19 and mm-hmm. uh, we've been together ever since. And you know, she she traveled the country with us for uh, 10 15 years or so and uh she doesn't come to quite so many races anymore but i mean she damn sure had been around the block with us i remember you know there'd be six of us in our f550 traveling across the country and she and i'd be asleep in the floorboard of the back seat <laughs> and my brother'd be in the the back seat my mom and dad be up front driving of course and uh yeah i mean those were and you know three four dogs in there too and oh everything else everybody's all sprawled out but i mean you know i could probably handle all that and uh i love my brother and i'm sure he'll listen to this but that part is having to be in there with my brother like <laughs> yeah. i don't know how you guys function like you must have like yeah you I know, you know it, it, a, lot, a lot of people say that for sure and i mean yeah we we have knocked down drag outs all the time i mean we always say we need a everybody always tells us we need a reality show out here because we're so entertaining screaming at each other. But, you know, my brother's my business partner. I mean, we, we do absolutely everything together. We travel together. We race together. We're a team, but we're also each other's biggest competition, you know, but also uh, us pushing each other is what got us where we are for sure. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, I wouldn't be even close to this level had we not pushed each other our entire lives lives you know well i got i got nine well i'm the oldest of nine and i got some siblings like we're best friends and i got other siblings that i haven't talked to in years and probably won't ever talk to ever again so i got like a little a whole little pool to choose from so (laughs) i got that going for me i guess yeah the leader of the family right here i mean i am the oldest yes duh I am the leader of these guys too half the time because 
Not really. Zach's the organized one here. What am I saying? We <laughs> have our own role. Yeah. My my dad says the reason Cody and I are so successful is because, you know, I've got it. I've got everything from the shoulders up, and Cody's got everything from the shoulders down. So, <laughs> uh, most people know. have one or the other, but put us together, and we got both. Yeah, that's great. Well, so, and we about this all the time, like especially ultra four, like racing is family. Um, you know, there's there are people we three four times a year, maybe a little bit more. And uh like Montana next week, we'll see a lot of guys that we only see a couple times, and it's just like a family reunion when you go to these yeah. races. No, no doubt. And I mean that's one thing uh, you know we do a lot of local racing around here between mid-america and outlaw and i see people that just get so pissed because they're taking it so serious and it's like guys just remember you're here to have fun and that's mm -hmm. it like that's why you're doing this i mean there's very 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 few people who actually make money or or make a living doing this everybody else in, including them are still here just to have fun. I mean, it, when that goes away, why are you even there, you know? That's one of the toughest parts about being a guy in the pits, right? We help build these cars, and we we travel to these races, and we are busting our butts in the pits sometimes, not all the time. And then your car goes out of the race, and you're just like, yeah! Like, you know, you just get so just five minutes. Oh, no uh, doubt. This is Zach. No, let's competitive. Let's let, let's hey, we gotta we gotta make sure this is clear. Zach gets pissed. Hopper <laughs> doesn't. Zach <laughs> Zach gets bent out of shape and he can't poop right for a couple days. But yeah. usually give me 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm good. Um, right. <laughs> I can't remember. So at KOH this year, we qualified at Chocolate Thunder and uh Oh my gosh! Yeah. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me how this happened. But our our good friend Joe Gould made it into Power Hour. He qualified with you guys. I don't know how that happened. Um, but this is a UTV forty four hundred UTV. Oh nice! So he was in the Pro R. So, yeah. Joe, I'm not knocking you, man. I love you to death. But we've historically had some issues in qualifying. <laughs> not all Joe's fault. Sometimes a car, sometimes a co-driver, whatever. We are not typically good qualifiers. And uh, he comes up. You guys are standing there watching the Jumbotron. And uh, Joe up through the rocks super fast. Hell he yes. Mark perfect. And we were yelling, yes. And he gets to the top and he a freaking wrong turn. Yep. Nobody all oh, it is what it is. And I yell, son of a oh. what the and I'm screaming and yelling he's like he's so and I'm like, Zach, settle the all of down. the damn guys turn around and look at us. And I'm like, Yeah, okay, that was probably an <laughs> overreaction. It was embarrassing for me. It was like Zach, I, I, I stepped away from him. To Joe's credit, to our co-driver's credit, they got back on course, they finished the qualifying yep. lap. It was not a great time, but it was a time. Mm -hmm. And I had to remind myself that was the goal, just to get a time. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And he did exactly Probably better than mine. It, I, uh, I botched qualifying to be just about as bad, I think. We, it's uh, just, I, I, yeah. Through that. Yeah. I, I got through that obstacle 
super good, you know, and you, uh, you make the right, you go up the hill. Well, as you're cresting the top of that hill, there was a line to the right where you could kind of shortcut the corner there by 10 or 15 feet. And it had been taken a couple times and I saw it on the jumbotron and Cody and I were talking about it and he was right after me. And, you know, as soon as the, the one guy, the first guy cleared the rocks, that's when they're going to send the next guy. Well, I took that line and it sucked. And <laughs> I told Chad, I was like, Hey, radio Cody, tell him don't take that line. Cause it was terrible. You know, yeah. cause you kind of had to like find, find the course again well i had the radio button right beside the start button so when chad hit the radio button with his knuckle he hit the start button which killed the car and so i'm going across that it's wide open all of a sudden i lose all power and i'm like what's going on here and i'm like hitting the button but the car's not firing or at least i can't hear it's firing because the ear cups and everything and i pulled to a complete stop car fires right back up but take off but of course my time was, was terrible. You know, I think I qualified 14th or so mm. and, uh, oh, I was so pissed, <laughs> but, uh, I thought qualifying at chocolate thunder was freaking badass. So oh, it was, I, I mean, thought, it was different uh, than the last I, few years for sure. Oh, I loved it. You know, it was, uh, the other ones, you know, it's more like a, just a short course sprint, you know, and with one little rock ledge in it, but that was actually a real, rock race challenge i wish they had left her problem and idle issues in it but i could have definitely seen where that would have been uh a traffic jam also but it it, it was pretty cool i uh i really enjoyed that well it was strategic for those mid-pack to backpack type guys to maybe not qualify right right uh, save the car not they're not going to do anything crazy i know for us by just completing that lap, we got to start in the middle of the pack, which, you know, that's yeah. nice. Gets you ahead yeah, of a no. few traffic jams. But, uh, yeah, sure, anyway. Sure, surely y'all saw the video, that slow motion video of Brandon Thompson run up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of the sickest things I've ever seen in my life. The uh, other great clip was Paul Wolf and his 4,400 car when that oh, that top section you're talking about he pretty much just cleared it Balled off of it yeah. yeah and he even i think he even said that was a mistake that wasn't what i was gonna do but it was fast he, he, he only out qualified everybody by six <laughs> seconds yeah <laughs> it's just uh when you're a guy in the pits man you don't have any control it's tough for you <laughs> i guess mm-hmm. i don't know this week next week at montana will be fun though mm-hmm we're yeah. pitting for so many dang cars, man. We're gonna. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be a good race. I mean, we could be pitting for you. I mean, if y'all got a, a car ready for me, a forty four hundred car, I'll be there. <laughs> we don't quite have now, that budget. <laughs> we uh, we're 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 not big time. Yeah, a couple of guys. Small drive. Small. Yeah, but, but you know, us, don't threaten us with a with a challenge <laughs> because we do know some people. Forty four hundred <laughs> Japanese mini truck. Well, hey, <laughs> we got a week. I mean, it's legal. Passes. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, I we're kind of wrapping up, but that that brings me back to one of the things I was going to ask you about. So, we've talked a ton about UTVs. Obviously, that's your guys's world that you live in. We've seen guys like you. Usually, UTVs would be a feeder league or a feeder mm-hmm. class, right? NASCAR you go from the trucks 
to the Xfinity cars, to the cup cars. In the past, not a lot of guys hang around. They have some success in the UTVs or the 4,500 class, and they bump up and up and up. You guys have really like said, this is going to be where we're going to live and where we're going to race. Now you've also got guys like Paul Wolf who have great success in the UTVs. And then, you know, they go find a 4,400 ride. Yeah. You know, no, tell it, them it, it's funny you say that because actually we have that conversation all the time. Um, of course I, I would love to race a 4,400. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, but the level of support that we have racing UTVs, um, I mean, we're not rich guys, you know, um, we, we make the best of what we have, but, you know, for me to go buy a 4,400 car or build one and, and race it is, is not really an option, you know? Um, and even if I did have the option, I, I really love racing my UTV, you know? Um, it's that evolution that we were talking about. I mean, 4,400 cars have, have definitely changed over the last couple of years, but I don't think they're doing it at the rate that, uh, UTVs are. And it's, it's cool to be involved with a manufacturer that's evolving that fast and being always on the cutting edge of, of getting to see the newest, coolest stuff first, you know, and, and have the opportunity to race it. Um, you know, uh, again, like I mentioned earlier, I want to go race the car. I don't want to do it so that I can get into a T1 car. Uh, I want to go race a UTV over there, you know? Um, and I, again, I think within the next 10 years, the UTVs are probably going to be the fastest thing out there short of maybe the, the all wheel drive trophy trucks. And one of the biggest classes, I mean, we're already seeing it overtake the, the car counts for sure. Oh, that's for sure. You know, and, and. I mean, all the top guys are are racing them, you know? What uh, I love about Ultra 4 and especially KOH is that all the guys will talk smack. Oh, yeah. They're racing, they're racing them on Thursday, too, because, you know, well, practice and, you know, course, learning the course. And, man, they love racing those things just as much. They just don't want to let people know it, I think, sometimes. It, it's just a different class of vehicle. That's That's it, you know? I mean, it's still racing it's all the same shit. It's just, it's it's a little bit lighter, a little bit less power, actually a lot less power, but in a lot lighter, but uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, just a different discipline. That's it. Well, I think it's cool, man. 250, you know, I think you guys, um, you and Cody, and like I said, Paul and Kyle, like you guys are definitely the top of a pack in, in the racing that we do. And, it's fun to see you guys dedicated to that. Even with Paul going into the 4,400 car, he still races the UTV everywhere we go. And uh, it's oh, yeah. fun to see you guys really. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> well, fun it's... to see you guys anchor that class. And let's be honest, man, you're pushing people um, yeah. and, and teams to, to do better. That's what racing is. That's where it gets competitive, I think, because everybody just wants a taste of that. No, I agree with you. I mean, and and it's, we try to set a good example, you know, for, for younger kids getting into this and people coming up through it. But, uh, you know, like you said earlier, everybody's a family. I mean, there's not a, and to your point earlier about being able to just buy, you know, the same thing we have. I mean, it's true. We don't keep secrets from anybody, anybody that, uh, asks me 
anything they want to know about any of our race cars. I mean, we're completely open book, you know, uh, I hate seeing people get into this waste money on a bunch of stuff they don't need in order to go fast. Everybody thinks they need to put, just put tons of power to them before they do anything else. And then they get frustrated and burned out and quit, you know, and the sport's entirely too small to have people come into it for a year, year and a half, and then, uh, decide that it's just too much. And the only reason that they were put into that position is because, you know, they weren't really, uh, guided on, on what they should and should spend money on. So yeah, buckle up, man, because you ain't getting out of this UTV world for a while, Hopper. <laughs> You're committed now. Yeah, you can't avoid it. You're way too financially invested to quit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, point. Well, yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for coming yeah. on tonight. Um this is a little different because we didn't talk so much about your background and where you're from, but we did talk a lot about UTVs, which make me feel good. Yeah. Um, Nobody cares about where I came from anyway. It's fine. It, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was great to get you on. Like I said, we've been trying to get you on for a few weeks, man. And I, I guess if people are tired of hearing from all these Can-Am drivers, somebody's going to have to show up that can drive a Polaris and ask to be on the show. I don't know. Just interview yourself. <laughs> we we we're I not do, drivers we're we're pit guys i, I interview myself in the shower every time i take a shower i talk to myself my wife's like who are you talking to like me i'm just practicing yeah yep. all all those witty comebacks that i missed out on during the day i i re re repeat them to myself mm, that, that'll piss you off I, I live with that my wife is entirely too witty which seems cool and all because she's so funny until you live with it and try to keep up and it's <laughs> not that enjoyable. But on that note, your wife's great. She supports you tons. That, that is absolutely you gotta, right. You gotta leave on a good note, man. <laughs> yes. Don't it? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's we uh, well, uh yeah, we, we really appreciate you meeting with us. I know it's late where you're at in Texas. Shoot, it's late where we're at. I haven't here. eaten dinner yet. Goodness. Yeah, you'll be all right. Oh, shush. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, we look forward to hanging out with you at the next race where we, wherever we cross paths at the race. But uh, yeah, man, good luck. Congrats on Red Bull. That was awesome last week. Um, I typically do not watch those races, but I tuned into that one. Uh, that one was sweet, man. That uh, I think that whole series is freaking badass. How it's like every single race is a completely different discipline, you know? Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. They've got one somewhere up in Alaska coming up before too long. Hmm. I mean, we've never been to Alaska. Nope. I mean, you're going to Montana. It's halfway at least. I yeah. mean, Alaska's like Canadian Montana. Alaska, oh, U.S. Alaska. I don't know. We've lost him. We've lost him. <laughs> uh, on that note. Yeah. Well, like I said, thanks for joining us tonight, man. Um, just a big shout out to everybody driving to montana that's listening um you know be safe uh we're excited to see you up there in montana anybody that needs some help uh let us know if we can't help you we can hopefully maybe connect you with somebody but big race in montana we're excited everybody this is our first race since koh and uh It'll be dumpster fire off-roads debut as we mentioned the new race <laughs> first, two old race cars first race so yep. We look forward to seeing everybody out there. Thanks for listening, guys.
we will not have an episode next week because nope. we will be in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody wants to listen to us while we're in Montana doing pre-race. No. Whatnot. So thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> thanks, Hunter, again for joining us. Um, yeah. Catch you all in a couple of weeks. And like I said, everybody be safe out there. You've been listening to The Pit Guys. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. We'll see you at the races.